WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. The Pirates just keep getting kicked in the nads again and again. First, Scott Morris took him to the woodshed, the Uber agent. He pointed out that Bob Nutting's franchise's value is up to $1 billion, and he hasn't had to win anything. He said Nutting is sitting on an economic volcano, unquote. And then Milwaukee, a small market team, signed Lorenzo Kane to a five-year deal worth $80 million. He's an outfielder, ex of Kansas City, who left the Royals via free agency. The Brewers also traded with Miami for Christian Yelich, another very good outfielder. Yelich is in the third year of a seven-year deal worth almost $50 million. The Bruins owner, Mark Atanasio, two years ago he promised the Brewers would build a winner, and now he's following through. The Brewers won 86 games last year, and now he's spending money to try to put his team over the top. It was also two years ago the Pirates won 98 games, and Bob Nutting immediately disassembled the team, allowing seven key players to leave, or, or he traded them, by the next season's trade deadline. Also, baseball writer Jeff Passan says, and various uh, local writers have confirmed, the MLB is investigating the Pirates for possibly not investing revenue-sharing income into baseball operations as is required. That's MLB investigating on behest of the Players' Union, the Pirates not investing revenue-sharing income into baseball operations as required by the rules of revenue sharing. I imagine their first clue was the trades of Cole and Kutch. The Pirates are a scam. It took far too many people, far too long, to figure that out, but the Pirates are a scam. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Are there any Pirate fans left that would dare call to discuss uh, what I just spoke about? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I mentioned before that the Penguins might be looking at Mark Latest too, the ex-Penguin, uh, now in the last year of a affordable contract at Edmonton. Latestu would then come in to be the third-line center, although I reiterate, Latestu has 24 goals between this season and last. That's not bad for third-line center. But in Edmonton, he played on the first power play with McDavid and company, and he produced 14 of his 24 goals with the man advantage. So if he's coming to Pittsburgh, he's not going to produce like he did in Edmonton because the Penguins don't need him on the left half wall on the power play. They already have Phil Kessel to do that, although I could see Letestu getting some time on the second unit. Also, this is kind of interesting. Larry Brooks says the Rangers. He writes for the New York Post. Larry Brooks says that the Rangers are going to blow their team up at the trade deadline. That they think that squeezing into the playoffs and exiting early wouldn't be worth squandering the opportunity to get rid of a lot of their uh, old bastards who just aren't any good anymore. So Larry Brooks says that the Rangers may trade McDonough, Nash, and Zuccarello. 
Okay, here's who I would want out of those three for the Penguins. Nash, no. McDonough, no. Zuccarello, no. Uh, they're all varying degrees of good, or maybe I mean varying degrees of bad, but I don't see any of those three as an easy fit with the Penguins. 412-333-9939. If you're just tuning in, let me uh, recap for you again my Twitter exchange with Vince Williams, a.k.a. Vince Williams of the Steelers, that took place earlier today. I wouldn't say it was uh, too mean-spirited, but Vince had said something stupid, not to me, just apropos of nothing on his Twitter, which I do follow because if you think stupid is entertaining, then Vince Williams is mooey, mooey entertaining. And so uh, to something innocuous, I tweeted back, right on, Vince. And then uh, Vince tweeted to me, Mark, we still not cool yet. And I tweeted, ha, huh, I don't know, Vince, you tell me. And Vince tweeted, see, Mark, you hate Tomlin, but I'm a Tomlin guy, so this really doesn't sit well with me. And I replied, I don't hate Tomlin. I just think your whole locker room could do with a big dose of humility and discipline. Tell me I'm wrong. And that's when communication broke down. Uh, it, that was amusing stuff. But I don't hate Mike Tomlin. Hate such a inaccurate word when it comes to me discussing just about having anything to do with something I don't care about. Uh, like I said, I'm very ambivalent about the Steelers now. I only root for Ben, and when Ben leaves, I just won't care at all. I'll still talk about it. I'll still keep up with it. I'll still be the foremost expert or something uh, talking about Steelers football on this show. But uh, I think that I see this team and its players for what they really are. And what they are is an incredibly talented group that will never win a Super Bowl because they're not focused or disciplined enough. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, their careers in Pittsburgh will come and go, and they will not win a Super Bowl. And you won't be able to blame Ben for that because when he had guys that were focused and disciplined, he got two rings. But Ben does not have a chance with this group. Not a chance. And also, Ben stinks, too. We shouldn't let that go unmentioned. He's a backup. The B is for backup, not killer B, but backup. 412-333-9939. We got the king of old school, John Steigerwald, going to join me next. Penguins now 8-3 on the month. Coming on strong. Sid, Phil. Gino playing great. Dominic Simone making a believer out of me. Rusty's back playing good. Kudhaka playing real good right now. Hagman scored. Dumoulin scored. Ian Cole back in the lineup. A lot of things to discuss regarding the Penguins. And no, I don't think they're winning because they scratched Reeves. And I would still play Reeves. I'm amazed that it's, it's... just proof that most of you just know it all, don't know anything about hockey. You act like it matters who the fourth line right wing is. It might like two or three games a year. If, other than that, it just doesn't matter who the fourth line right wing is. But for some reason, you know, most hockey towns like the fighter, but you don't like the fighter. Oh, they played fast and didn't need that the last two years. 
Ask Sid and Gino if they want Reeves in the lineup. If you ever find Sid or Gino, like hanging out on a street corner, 7-Eleven, someplace where you can approach them and talk to them, ask them if they would rather have Reeves in the lineup or not. Let's go to Randy in Altoona. Randy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, thanks for having me on. Right. I, I solved the Steelers' discipline problem for everyone. And I think you'll like this. I think they need to hire an enforcer. Art Rooney himself needs to hire an enforcer. Well, like Ryan Reeves. <laughs> yes, well, I have a better up. <laughs> uh, my solution, of course, you can't be a member of the coaching staff or, or the uh, players. My first choice, you were second, first choice is Jay Caulfield. No, 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 okay, you, you thought I would like this, but I don't like it. It's not at all funny. Oh. It's nonsensical. You sound like a dope. Anything else that we could just cut this short? No, I'll come up with something better. When you no, you won't. And uh, when you say enforcer, what do you mean enforcer? To threaten the Steelers physically? To to be outside the locker room, not let anyone in the door if they're a minute late, and find them. The, the Art Rooney one. You, you, all fine, you need so. to do that. All you need to do that as a coach with discipline. And if Tomlin would appoint anybody to do that, that would be how it would go. Well, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's a dumb... Don't, don't try to come up with any more ideas ever. You flunked the test. I bid you adieu for good. You were consigned, not to the pit of misery, but the pit of not being funny. Dilly dilly. You know, one thing I say that rings true every day, not being funny is the enemy of the people. Too many people think they're funny, and they are not. Stag up next, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You're like, what the hell? Hey, Mark. Hey, what? Super genius, big fan. It's Ringling Brothers time. DX at 105.9. Joining me in studio, he is the king of old school, 40-year broadcasting veteran, author of two books. He is John Steigerwald. Stag, the Brewers are the same size market as Pittsburgh. Last year, they won 86 games. Yesterday, they added two great players, a couple of young outfielders, who cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's in direct contrast to what the Pirates did in 2015. I like Milwaukee's way better. Yeah, I think fans would look at it that way. But here's the thing, and I know that everybody's looking at that and comparing the Brewers to the Pirates, and it looks really bad for the Pirates. And the Pirates deserve every ounce of criticism that they're getting. But where did those two players come from to go to Milwaukee? One from Kansas City, one from the Marlins. So, but there, there are there were there are four teams we're talking about here: the Marlins, the Kansas City Royals, the Pirates, and the Brewers. All of whom, all of which, have the same problem of being a small market team. One of them looks pretty good right now because two other teams, three, well, actually three, because the, the Pirates dumping McCutcheon and Cole makes it more likely that the Brewers are going to win more division games. So the Bruins benefit the other three teams are all losing because of the system the one-way thing and well right but the brewers are maximizing their window yeah the brewers are taking an 86 win team and spending to try and put it over the top where the pirates took a 98 win team and immediately dismantled it you you could not have a bigger contrast of what the intent of each team's owner is that's right no question is absolutely uh black and white difference but um i what i'm saying is I still think the whole scenario points to the stupidity of the major league system because those two, you know, the the Brewers. Well, yeah, but but, we, but but John, we can talk about that forever in a day. That's just not going to change. No, and the Pirates 
they're the ones who have to, well, they won't. But but they just, there is not a single shred of evidence to suggest there is anything in their hearts besides profit. No. But one other thing. No, I'm not. And I've only been saying that since about 2002. So, um, so, the, so the Pirates had that window when they had won 98 games. We know what they did after that. The Brewers, they, they, uh, I don't think they expected to win 86 games last year. They were rebuilding and they said, hey, I think, we're pretty good. I think they figure they arrived a year early. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's what Kansas City did. Kansas City did the same thing. They went to the World Series and they said, hey, that was amazing. Remember, they've been to the playoffs twice in 35 years, but, but they were the World Series twice. And so they went to the World Series once and they didn't say, well, that was fun. Let's get rid of everybody. They said, the owner said, well, look. You know, we can probably make a lot of money if we can uh, do that again and get to the World Series, and they did. But but where did um, where did the Brewers get Kane from? Which team did he leave? Oh, Kansas City. And what no. are they doing? They're and, saying we're done. We we had our and, window. And, and, Thanks and other, a lot. And the other kid left Miami. Yeah. But but the, the point still is, I agree that baseball's economics suck. Right. But that's not going to change. And at least the Brewers are trying when they can. Yeah, and, and the Pirates, when they could have, just didn't try. Well, Quite the opposite. And you're seeing that players are now signing deals, uh, especially teams like when it, ha- when it happens with the Brewers. Um, t- p- teams are signing players for m- the amounts of money that you know the Pirates are never going to pay. They're not going to give anybody an eighty million dollar contract. Right, I just right. don't. I don't see them doing it. I, I just don't, oh, know, never, I don't know who that would never. be. But but I I give the Brewers credit not just for shelling up the money, but clearly. Like, to get Lorenzo Cain to come there, who's a really good young outfielder, right. they must have really sold him on their intent as well. Right. And if they sold him on that intent, chances are that, that it's sincere intent. Well, he, and he is, I saw a quote from him. He said, I think we can contend. He's 31, by the way. He's not that well, young. Well, okay, yeah, yeah good yeah. call. Um, I, but, the other guy, I, I got him confused. Uh, yeah, the guy he's from 27. Miami, Sean, yeah. He's, uh, but um, the, th- the, the, the truth that has not changed ever is that the fans know this, they complain about it, and they continue to buy tickets, and it's well, never going to change unless. I mean, at some what what's what is what's been if, based on the um, uh, estimated value of the team now? What's been his return? Like a hundred percent? It went from like the value of his team when he bought it was two hundred seventy million. Yeah. Now it's one point two billion. So that's and a like five hundred percent increase. Said, like Scott Boris said, the agent he did it without having to win. Yeah. Now some of that's inflation, just yep. you know the. Yeah. Inflation of American, the inflation of baseball, right? But but not all of it, not not even much of it, in fact. And uh, we've been talking on this program, and, and when you and I talk about whether attendance will drop dramatically, and last week I said I didn't think it would because I think they've marketed very well to kids, and there are X amount of people that just want the experience yeah. in the ballpark. Now I'm not so sure. Between what Milwaukee did, and there's also news that MLB is investigating the Pirates yeah. for pocketing their revenue sharing money. And not putting it back into baseball ops, which the rules of revenue sharing require. Right. And, and between the two, those are two really bad PR looks, aren't they? Yeah, and, I, and I think a lot of it, I know a lot of it, will depend on how many tickets the Pirates have sold, had sold until the day they made the, the well, until the weekend they made the Cole and McCutcheon trades. Right. Because uh, if they would have made those trades on November 1st, uh, I think that would have affected ticket sales a lot. And I don't know. You know what's happened since then, but I got to believe that they've dropped some. And you know, social media may it may be dangerous to try to gauge what's going on based on social media. But the petition with fifty thousand people signing it and social that, media—that's meaningless. No, but it's it's not me. It's it's not 
it's not something that you can take take to the bank. Well, you but you can't it's, say there's something. fifty thousand are not going to show up. No, but, no, but yeah. but but it's gonna... no, no. There there is a great deal of public outcry. And remember, then what, again, they all want Tomlin fired too, and that's not going to happen. Right. What people don't take into account when they talk about attendance is that they think that it's fifty thousand people are going to stop going to the game. What happens is five thousand people who went to ten games a year are going to go to one or none, and that's right. how that's how you that's how you lose the attendance. Well, like I said, uh, the Milwaukee thing and the contrast with twenty fifteen is very illuminating. Not uh, good for the Pirates. An investigation by MLB, w- which makes it look like when you hear about them pocketing revenue sharing money, that reveals it as a con, right? Publicly, and you they- know, but but it's on it's Mark, it's on the fans. They know all this. It's been everywhere. I think it's in all the papers, you know, that Bob Nutting doesn't spend money. I'm pretty sure it's out there. It's on you. If you want to sit, if you want to make a difference, don't go around looking for the petition to sign. Don't buy a ticket. Not one. Not Don't say, well, I'm going to go to six games instead of ten. That won't help. Well, a little bit as far as showing well, a drop you know in what? attendance. I, I, Just I stop love, going. I love what, and I've said now, now that this is all, it couldn't be more clear it's a con. And by the way, let me get this Scott Boris quote in there who's the greediest agent ever. Right. He called Nutting out for being too greedy. That's like the pot hitting you over the head with the kettle. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, so my uh, my notion is that uh, any media type who still supports the way they do things, there is no way to not describe them as a stooge and a shill at this right, point. Right, Because it has never been more obvious that it's a giant con, and to talk about anything they do in terms of baseball value is just promulgating. It's just aiding and abetting. The con started in 1996 when they when they said that PNC Park was going to make them more competitive. That's when it started, and then 250 million or 300 million dollars in tax money later, the con continues. Well, but, but and right, it actually but, made it worse. But Stag, it's never been more illuminated than no, right now. No, oh, no, it's I mean, there, there is there. there is no way to not look at. Uh, Coonley, Nutting, and Huntington right now is crooks. Oh, I, I, no, oh no, I'm not going to agree with that because I don't think they're doing anything dishonest. Uh, no, if they're, they're pocketing not revenue sharing. That's dishonest. Oh, well, yeah, well, I, I, I voted, I wrote a column saying don't, don't vote for the stadium. So I was never for them getting a nickel. No, not about the revenue sharing. Yeah, oh, that you revenue get from other sharing. major league okay. baseball yeah. teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they, that's well, that's up to MLB to figure that out. If that's true, then whatever action they can take against them, go for it. We're talking to John Steigerwall, brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing, count on a name you can trust. Stag, uh, what should the Steelers do with Lev Bell? Because there's not an easy answer. Do you let him go, sign him long-term, or franchise him again? Um, I, you know, I don't claim to know all the gymnastics required for um, massaging a, a salary cap in the NFL, but if they, if they can sign him to a long-term deal that doesn't kill their cap, I say... Go for it. You got to have somebody back there. But if and you know if it's you know fair money. But if it's a one year, what do you mean friend, fair money? Well, if if it's if it's market value, because he wants fifteen million per. Well, he's not getting that. What would you give him per? Uh, um, I because th- he turned down a five year deal worth twelve million then annually. I, then I then he's not. I don't want him. But uh, but I, I, the only way it makes sense is if it's not fifteen million dollars a year because that's too much for a running back, especially if the, especially if that fifteen million goes against. Your salary cap. That's, well, that's well, quarterback money. See, here, you can't give here, that to a running back. Here's why I just would let him go. For one thing, if you franchise him, you get the same shenanigans you got this year with no camp, yeah. threatens to skip the season, etc. Um, he might even follow through. He wouldn't retire, but I could see him skipping games to, to yeah. prove what he would believe to be a point. Right. And I saw the rap he did at the uh, 
at the Pro Bowl yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah, the brutal. Senior Bowl in Pro, brutal. Pro Bowl. Yeah, uh, that that might be the one that put me over the top. You know what? He's a really good player. Might even be a fe- future Hall of Famer if he sticks around long enough. That well, might have put what, me what, over the edge. See, ass. here's the thing. People tell me how smart he is. I hear the guy talk. I know he's real stupid. Right. And here's how I know. He doesn't understand that the minute he retires as a football player, no one's interested in him as a rapper. Zero. Like, if he's a football player, he's the football player who raps. If he raps, he's just a bad rapper. I'm not a, a connoisseur of raps, but I have a feeling they stink. Don't, don't I mean, you... you, you oh, there's good rappers. No, 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 no. His. Oh, they stink. They. Yeah. I would describe his style as 50 Cent being hit in the head with a wrench. <laughs> so he, he raps about as well as every eighth person in the phone book. I, let me tell you something. I could rap better than him. Okay. There's no question about that. I'd like to see that. And I would sound like Mac Miller I'd being hit like the head with the, with the wrench. I think you should prove that at some point. Now, now I want to. I got to get this out there. And I've been. People think Bell had a good year last year because he had good raw numbers, like you know the yeah. yards and and, and and receptions. But his per carry was only three point nine, which is below average. Mm-hmm. He only had three runs of over twenty yards. And 40% of his carries were for two yards or less. Yeah, Mike DeCourcy put that in a column at the Sporting News. That's, that's exactly where I, where I stole it. Yeah, that's where I saw it. Uh, the, the, the one that surprised me was that there were 26 backs in the league with more 20-plus, 20-yard-plus yes. yard carries. That, that's, not, that's not the game break. And see, here's the thing. And I, I'm not impressed by the number of catches he has because it's, it's in, in Todd Haley's offense, uh, if, he makes, if he makes 75 or 80 catches, I make 40 of them. That's at the age of sixty nine, as I sit here, I catch forty of those. I don't know. I'd get killed after I caught them, but I'd catch the ball. You throw, I, I'd catch them. I've seen the passes thrown to them. I catch half of them. You know, they're little dump offs, and they they work great. But I don't think you need a Hall of Fame back to do that. Well, I don't think you need a, a, a great running back in a passing league. I think they can get a guy to do most That's of right. what Bell does for a lot cheaper. Not to mention, he was a second-round pick. What's the kid's name that plays for the Saints? He was a, a fourth-round pick. Kamara. Yeah, he's he pretty a, good. Yeah, he's a fourth or fifth-round pick. Uh, the, the Patriots seem to be doing okay with Deion Lewis, uh, uh, who's a, uh, a fifth-round pick, I think. You know, you need a guy who can make people miss and – the offenses in the NFL now, receivers and running backs, get the ball in open space that was never seen even 10 years ago or 20 years ago for sure. They they get the ball with nobody around them, and then they get to add to their yardage totals because they're they're catching them in such, uh, such open space. That includes Antonio Brown. How many times does he catch a ball? There's nobody near him. He wow. makes great catches. Don't get me wrong, but I see him stopping those holes and makes a catch, and then he's great with the ball. You know, he's a great runner after the yeah, catch. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to just. They all do it. I think, I think, I think catching a pass in the National Football League is a tough thing to do because of what happens after you catch it. Yeah. Um, oh no question. Well, now the big story is the XFL is coming back. Are you excited? No, I, I hope the XFL comes back and and competes with the NFL and to the point that it actually knocks some teams out of the race, out of the out of the picture. I I don't I, I don't hate think the they XFL. will no I hate the XFL I was a big USFL fan I wanted it to make it I I, I think if the NFL gets away with way too much because of it's a monopoly well this isn't a competing league oh, this I is know, just a dumbass league but I want it to succeed just so whatever it does to knock the NFL down a peg or two I, I'm for well it. now now here's a serious question about the XFL yeah. the XFL was and will be experimental mm-hmm. and the NFL will and has. Copied the XFL. Uh, the overhead camera right. was first tried by the XFL back yeah. in 2001. So what change to football would you most like to see the XFL try? Um, 
I, I'm, I'm beginning to lean. I don't know if I'm ready to say it, but no more replays. Didn't they say they were going to have no replay reviews or a limited number? Yeah, well, here's what I would do. I don't know what they're doing, but I would allow, I would have two timeouts per half or maybe two timeouts per game. I would have one replay challenge per game, just one. Yeah. And, um, and the, the Vince says he wants to cut the viewing time of the game down to two hours. Yeah. I think that's impossible. But I think you could get two and a half hours if he put advertising in the score bug, you know, the score and time yep. thing on TV, and if he ran split screen with advertising. If he could get football viewing time down to two and a half hours and not lose revenue because of that, right. that's something the NFL would copy instantly. I just think somebody else has to try it for What's them. funny about this is that people look at two hours as if it's ridiculous. I did an interview with a guy uh, 30 years ago. I sat in his office in New Orleans. I, New Orleans, I can't remember his name. He was the founder of the World Football League. And he showed me stats on how long games used to take. And they used to take two hours and 25 minutes. They were over, 220. Um, and he wanted, to, and one of the things he wanted to do with the World Football League was to keep get it back to that. He, he said it would be easy to get it back to that. He said, that, this is 25, 30 years ago. He thought the games were too long. And they're much longer now. So... Uh, if you go back and look, Mark, and I'll bet if you went back and looked at, and it's still a 60-minute game, you can go back 80 years, it was still a 60-minute game. Those games that were were done in two and a half hours. It can be done. Here's what... Uh, well, yeah, because, like, here's the thing. I, I love when people say, well, what do you have to do? I do have stuff to do. Yeah. And, like, even three hours isn't terrible. These four-hour marathons are ridiculous. Well, college especially, football gets ridiculous. Well, especially yeah. if football has so little action. Stag, Seven minutes. I'm sorry, but football has so little action. One thing about soccer, you can hate it. I know you do. But their game takes an hour and 45 minutes from beginning to end, and it, the ball's always in play. Right. Well, even hockey, it's a 60-minute game, but there's the clock's not running if the puck's not moving. Same with basketball. Free throws are a little annoying in basketball. But um, the the... The two and a half hour game. The Canadian Football League has it right. They have the, the what? You tell me. You got you got quarterbacks who have a speaker in their helmet. Right. They need what is it? Forty seconds they get to call a play. I think in the Canadian Football League it's twenty five, and 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 you can't. You Why can't, can't it be fifteen? Yeah, just and make the quarterback call the play. If it was fifteen, they'd get to the play in. Yeah, they would. Oh, I yeah. mean, they'd bitch about it, and there would be some screw ups initially because which of it, makes but they the would, game more exciting. Exactly, they would get to play in. Yep. That's Don Steigerwald. Brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. I'm Mark Madden. I'll be back with Coors Light, Cold Hard Facts 105.9. And now the super genius Mark Madden. Hi, uh, Mark. Sorry, I'm talking to my son. Um, no one cares at all. No one. The X at 105.9. It's double M on the X. Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin in just a little bit. We got Bob Airy of the Penguins TV broadcast team next hour. I'd love to get some Penguin talk going, but when they win, nobody gets emotional. I know they scratched Ryan Reeves. That's why they're on a roll. That was always going to be the answer. I wish that you could understand how little impact who the fourth line right wing has on games is. It is extremely, extremely little. I think the biggest factor is that Sidney Crosby has 19 points in the last nine games. Three goals and 16 assists. He's making Dominic Simone into a star. Simone with uh, three goals in his last three games. It goes to show how luck can get a guy started because 
Simone scored that goal against Carolina. He just shot a, a, a cream puff at Cam Ward, and Cam Ward whiffed on it. And then last night, against the much better team, Dominic Simone's dancing around and, you know, whipping a shot in the near corner. What a great goal his second goal was. That's the best thing about uh, last night's game is that they looked like they did last year and the year before. They took a good team and made them look like a bunch of bums. Minnesota Wild's a good team. The Penguins made them look like a bunch of bums. 2 nothing end to 1. 4 nothing end to 2. 6 nothing in the 3rd. They made them look like, like Jamokes. They just killed them. Will that continue? I don't know. 8-3 and three in January. That's pretty good. But they're still right in the middle of this big, greasy, snotty, mucusy pack that is the Metro Division. Wouldn't it be something if they won the division? That's not impossible, you know. I mean, they're in second place now, tied for second, and not that far behind Washington. I think it's six points. Let's go to Steve in Florida. Steve, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark. Steve. So, Sullivan invoked the hot hand clause to start the Smith the last three games. Does he still have the hot hand? And when we come back, <laughs> the hot start? hand clause. I made that up, you know. That never existed. Uh, I would start Matt Murray. Are we in agreement, Steve, that Matt Murray's the number one goalie? I think so. Yeah, I really know so. And so you got to get him back in there. You know, he had to leave the team because of a, of a, you know, his father passed away, and and that's a tough thing to bounce back from. But I think Muzz is ready to do that now, and I think he has to play Tuesday. I think he has to. He's the number one goalie, and you know what kind of makes it easy? The Smith played great, and full credit to him. But he allowed three goals in three minutes in the third period last night. So for me, that's a segue. For me. That's getting another pitcher up in the bullpen. For me, I'm walking out toward the mound and tapping my right arm for the big lanky guy. And he's no reliever. He is a starter. Let's go to Seth and Harmer. Seth, you're on with Mark. Good day, sir. I said good day. Uh, was Question for you. Was Hunwick a healthy scratch or was he hurt last night? No, uh, Mike Sullivan made it very clear after that Hunwick missed due to injury. Gotcha, because I wanted to get your thoughts on how Cole played in his first game back in a while. Well, I thought he played fine, but, you know, I would start him every game. Uh, not start him, but have him in the lineup every game. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well, too. He had an assist as well, didn't he? Uh, he was plus one with an assist in 18 minutes, yes. Let's go real quick to uh, Mark and Irwin. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, um, no one wants to be critical when the Penguins look so good offensively like last night. But um, when they got that big lead way through the second period, I was kind of hoping they'd play a little bit more defensive with the defenseman not pinching. What, are you much. nuts? Yeah, I just... I no, you're nuts, because here's the thing. When you're ahead 6 nothing in the regular season in the third period on a superstar pack team, you know what those guys are out there thinking about? Points. They want points. And they're going to leave the goalie out to dry, and especially the third-string goalie. But I think the defensemen need practice for the playoffs. Yeah, no, they don't. Like You're right, because Tanger and Dumoulin and Mata and Schultz, 
They'll have no idea what to do when the playoffs start. I guess you're right. Oh, I know I'm right. Thank you for the call. Up next, we'll talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. Us Isle Today. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. The X at 105.9. I forgot to do the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts. I'll do them next hour. But for God's sake, you got no quarter with a sponsor. Sick again with a sponsor. Every guest has a sponsor. I'm giving away a $1,000 bribe every hour when I remember. It's like a friggin' game show. A little too much traffic to play in sometime. With that in mind, brought to you by 84 Lumber, it's Bob McLaughlin. Bob, what's your take on the Brewers winning 86 games last year, then adding two players with contracts worth over $100 million today, that contrasts very poorly to what the Pirates did after the 2015 season, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does. Funny how uh, funny how that worked out. That is a big gas-soaked log that they are throwing on the Pirates' fire right now because it just blow it. It just adds, you know, to the notion that the Pirates are racing to the bottom of the salary cap right now. They are keeping the money. They're not contenders, no matter what anybody in those offices down there tell you. The Pirates have one thing in mind, and that's getting your green in their pocket. Um, and you're not just looking at the big league, t- the big city teams now, the Dodgers, the Yankees, you know, the Mets, the the big spenders. You're looking at all sorts of teams doing things that the Pirates should have been doing two years ago and have no interest in doing. Well, that that's the point. The Brewers built a team through development. They arrived a year early, perhaps last year. 86 wins was a surprise, and now they're spending to put the team over the top. Nobody in a smaller market gets mad if the team ebbs and flows. If it goes up, spends money to maximize, window closes, then they strip to the bare bones and start over. Nobody minds that. Nope. Milwaukee, they're overjoyed right now, the fans. But when you have a contender and strip it bare when the window's still open, it's not quite criminal, but I'm not real crazy about it. And again, it just amazes me that nobody noticed then, like I tried to anyway, perhaps I didn't say enough now, I said way more than anybody else. They had a team that won 98 games, then by the very next trade deadline, seven key components were no longer with the team. That that just is ridiculous. It, it is almost criminal. It is almost a con game. It well, might be a legalized con game, but it's definitely a con game. According to the rules of MLB, it is, Mark. Uh, I mean, if they find out that they have been pocketing that and they've not been Well, putting... the revenue sharing, right. MLB is investigating at the behest of the Players Union whether the Pirates are pocketing their revenue sharing money because the rules... Uh, mandate that it be plowed back into baseball ops and if i think anything i do not think anything's going to come of that mark but at least the conversation is being held now outside of the city limits of pittsburgh at least now other people other fans other major league writers are saying okay wait a minute where there's smoke there might be a fire there may be something going on there in pittsburgh that isn't just uh, business as usual or something else because this looks awful i mean as you were talking with John Steigerwald and you talked about anybody out there who doesn't see this now, you don't want to see it. You're blindly following your team. Well, especially the media. And I understand oh my, the beat oh, yeah. writers have to report on you know the player moves and whatnot, but any columnist or radio host who gives the Pirates any benefit of the doubt now is a shill and a stooge. Well, uh, in the last few weeks, Mark, 
Uh, I haven't seen too many people shilling and stooging uh, as much as in the past. I mean, the tide has definitely turned even on that because there's just no way to back up those claims anymore. What would you take on how the Penguins played last night? Uh, I don't know if it was their best effort of the season, and they did give up three goals in three minutes into the third period. But, boy, the first 50 minutes, they took a good team and dominated them. Absolutely. I mean, if they're going to do that on 80s night, let's have another one sometime later in the season. Almost got the chili goal, Bob. (laughs) It was One more goal, seven goals, the Wendy's chili goal. How about how many people had to explain that to, like, a new generation of Penguins fans last night, whether it's on social media or sitting in the arena as people were starting to talk about it. Um, Hey, I didn't see anything from Ian Cole last night to show why he should be sitting down. So I don't know what is going on there. I, I know that there's no set answer. I know that you've talked well, no, about... no, there, there is a set answer. Well, the speed? The speed. They, they, they think, the coaches think, Sully thinks that, that Hunwick skates and plays faster. But do you trade that off for giveaways and not as physical and just not as, uh, I don't think, as all-around polished game because I didn't, again, I don't think I saw anything from Ian Cole last night that I would sit him down for. Yep, they're going to... That's Bob McCoughlin. <laughs> Bob, 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 I agree. Ian Cole would be in my lineup every game. He's not going to be. And, and again, I, I, I vacillate because I would play him. I think he should play ahead of Hunwick. I think Hunwick's been mostly a mug this year. But I'm not outraged. Playing Hunwick over Mata, I'd be outraged. Playing Hunwick over Schultz or Latang or Dumoulin, I'd be outraged. But when you get down to the bottom pair... I think it matters, but I think the difference between the guy you play and the guy you don't is so negligible, I just can't get outraged. That's Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden. Brandon Marshall, the New York Giants wide receiver, said something about the Patriots and their dominance that I kind of agree with. And we got that friggin' bribe. Listen to the keyword, then text it to the number you get. You can win a $1,000 bribe. Very exciting, I think. And um, what's the other sponsor thing I got to plug? Let me find it here. Uh, it's that list thing. Okay, here it is. Uh, it's about Lev Bell. The last hour of the show will be excrement on a stick. I hope you all enjoy it. 105.9.